1: And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, what's up, brother? Hey, double M. Well, I love Sally Wiggum, but not as much as soccer. I think it's the best thing I've almost ever heard. The X at 105.9. Penguins with a uh, dramatic win last night. Joining me now to discuss from DKPittsburghSports.com, he is Serbian reactionary Dejan Kovacevic. Uh, Dejon, what's your front page for that game last night? Because it certainly had a lot of talking points.
0: Yeah, I, actually, it's funny. As I was leaving the the arena, I was thinking about the multiple different things I could have written about and wanted to, uh, and I ended up going a little negative. Uh, I ended up focusing on the top six and their inability to produce virtually anything at five on five. And I really think that part of the reason that the Penguins got off to the lousy start that they did last night is that they still haven't formed that foundation, that identity. Now, let's face it. This team, Mark, is going to be defined by that top six. Oh, no question. To worse. some
1: degree, they were last night. I mean, I agree with you about yeah. the five-on-five, five, but look who scored the last three
0: goals. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, but until you see uh, all six of these guys, and, yes, I'm including and as unfair as that is, considering he hasn't been up there yet. But until you see all six of these guys – uh, meshing and producing and uh, threatening the opponent and forcing them to take penalties, the rest of this just isn't going to matter. The rest of it is, is, is just side stuff. You know, the defense core, even the goaltending, um, this is who the Penguins have to be. And they have not come close to that yet. Uh, they've been very fortunate as Mike Sullivan acknowledged last night uh, that their special teams in particular, their power play has been above the bar, but, so far, the top six, um, you know, even Sid doesn't have a five-on-five uh, goal yet. He's got the one point. Uh, Gino doesn't have any points at all five-on-five. Uh, Brian Rust, uh, you know, uh, Jason Zucker. Well, how do you improve Dick it? How do you,
1: how do you change all that? Because I'm not sure you need to shake up the lines. I think these guys no. either snap too or they don't. And there's a chance no, they might uh, not at their age. The, the, the big, no, our, big our, guns.
0: Yeah, Dave Molinari, uh, from, from our website talked with Jim Rutherford today and, and, Rutherford basically laid a lot of this on the wingers, uh, in particular, Gino's wingers and said that they just need to do a, a, a lot better. Uh, I'm yeah, sorry.
1: You know, I, just, they, I just don't buy don't that. Have, don't I,
0: have, I, I think Gino's been absolve, invisible. He did not all, not all statements are absolute. He didn't absolve Malkin. He laid a lot of it on the wingers. He didn't exactly let Gino off the hook. Uh, Gino's been bad. Uh, but I don't think it was an accident that last night in the second period you saw Brandon Tanev on that line instead of Brian Rust. It tells me that they're not happy with Rust right now. Um, this is this is. I, I don't think it's a situation I, where I you. I'm got to be move, honest, I, Asian, I don't you.
1: think Jim's been happy with Rust for quite some time. He's uh, alluded to trading him on occasion, and now I wonder if that might yet be in the works again.
0: No, he's he's had he's had. Uh, He's had, uh, issues with Rust in the past, um, but then they've always been, you know, solved by Rust being really, really good. So maybe there's just a different way that they know how to push his buttons as well. Uh, I, I, I just think that you don't have other solutions. You're not going to be bumping up guys who are currently effective, uh, for any length of time, like a, like a Tanev, uh, or, or anything like that, or a McCann or whoever. The guys you have as your top six have to get it done.
1: Well, no question about that. Now, I want to talk about the goaltending, because obviously it's a factor. They've allowed 18 goals in four games. I I don't think there's a goaltending controversy, but I would play DeSmith Friday. I I know that sounds contradictory, but it's what I'd do.
0: Yeah, that does sound contradictory. Explain that.
1: I think Jari's the guy you go back to and give a lengthy run of games to the minute DeSmith loses. He's still my number one.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I uh, no. <laughs> I, want, I want Jari out there on Friday. I think you have a couple of extra days here. You, you want Jari out there today. Friday?
1: Okay. Uh, that. Well, you know what? I would yeah. be more. I would be less outraged by Jari playing Friday, uh, yeah. than than I would by you saying there's a goaltender controversy.
0: Yeah, no, there's no controversy. This is Jari has to be your number one goaltender. You're not going anywhere. I mean, Ed, that's not even, I don't even think that's interesting to you. I mean, Ed, this, this this is pretty obvious stuff. Jari was a top 10 goaltender in the NHL last season. Uh, he's the reason you traded Matt Murray. Uh, you put your eggs in that basket. And, and again, I hate to keep bringing this up because nine goals in three periods and change is really bad, no matter how you break it down. But the Penguins' breakdowns in Philadelphia were that much worse.
1: Oh yeah, he but his really, his really flaws were evident kids. and costly. Too deep in the net, his stick was lazy. He just looked bad.
0: He wasn't good, but he wasn't like unsolvably horrific. You know, I mean, you can figure it out, and I think he will.
1: Um, how about that pass by DeSmith? I thought that was ironic. That when he's playing in place of a guy who's struggling. That is known so much for puck handling. Desmith made that pass, although he said it was just a clear.
0: It was. I mean, it was just an accident, but it was still. Well, no, I know, give Blueger credit for running onto the pass. Exactly, exactly. That's the thing is the fact that Teddy was able to have the presence of mind to because Teddy took off before the pass was executed, and Teddy took off the moment that Desmith caught the puck. Desmith catches the puck. He drops it. And his skates and his head is down, which is how, you know, and I asked him afterward, I asked DeSmith if he meant that he is. No, of course not. He had no idea. He just wanted to get it out. Now, it's an impressive clear, but what's gotten lost in that was that DeSmith was also the guy who fed the puck way up the rink for Jake Gensel's goal, the five-on-three goal. If there had been, you know, three or four assists on the goal, he would have gotten one on that, too. So he's always been impressive and confident in his ability to do that sort of thing. Jari, of course, is pretty good with the stick, too. It was fun. The, the best thing about the Bluger goal was that it probably changed the game all by itself. Think about it. Caps are up 4-2. Caps are on a 5-on-3 with a Betchkin parked in the left circle. You're thinking there's a pretty good chance they're about to make it
1: 5-2. Well, there were a number of turning points. I thought the 5-on-3 goals a turning point simply because if you don't score 5-on-3, the game's over. It surrenders so much momentum, and you don't have mm-hmm. any in the first place. Then the three-on-five goal, and then the tying goal, the power play goal. I had mixed emotions about that, day. And By the way, we're talking today, on Kovacevic here on the Mark Madden Show. He's brought to you by your neighborhood Ford stores. I-, I love that goal. Ten passes in nine seconds, but it allowed them to overcomplicate their power play and succeed and put us that much further away from ever gripping and ripping.
0: Well, in fairness, it was the one time through four games this season where that's the only thing that Malkin did. So at least give credit there where it's worth. Uh, He he just keeps passing up chances to shoot. And on this one, he was pretty much left with no choice. Um, An outstanding one-touch pass uh, uh, by Latang, in particular at the center point after Sid got it off the boards for him. But, you know, Gino could have gotten that puck and, you know, read Gary Bettman's signature on it and everything else and taking his time and then passed it off to a lesser player. He didn't. He just ripped it. I think it was at that point in the game where the Penguins realized, too, that they weren't facing a future Vezina Trophy winner in net in Vitek Vanacek. No, and no they not exactly a
1: goaltending festival in, in general last night. Uh, no,
0: it was not.
1: I mean, DeSmith won, but, but two goals. I thought one I thought the, the 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 two the two short goal the Wilson goal because it just hit his shoulder and kept going, and then he had bad rebound control on the uh, on another Capitals goal. Now you said before about the top six and how it all depends on them. I agree. I think the bottom six has been a very pleasant surprise
0: in terms of production. Hmm. Oh, yeah, no question. You were down on them before the season, too.
1: Oh, I, I remember, still – I,
0: I, I may yet be. I mean, I never
1: thought Jankowski would look like he does. I didn't even no, know Mark, who Colton Sevier really was or how to pronounce his name, but but they're scoring <laughs> enough goals.
0: Yeah, and remember that Evan Rodriguez is going to be bounced down there, too, so there's a, there's a possibility that he will get that much stronger. Uh, I know everybody was barking about Evan Rodriguez, by the way, being on the top line, and they should – but his analytics are through the roof. I mean, he's had a really, really strong first four games. Oh, no question. The catch is he doesn't, he doesn't belong on a first line. Uh, that doesn't mean he won't be able well, to – Well, he doesn't
1: you. belong on a first line because he can't score.
0: Right. He's not going to finish.
1: And he did get the but one he, goal. But his, then again, then again, I wonder if Tanner doesn't belong top six. And he got experimented with last night. And I know that he makes your bottom six by being in it. But I think having him help the top six – May be more important. That's certainly something you have to weigh.
0: Yeah, you have to weigh too the fact that you, you you're going to partly take away who he is uh, by putting him up there because he is looking to run around. You know, he is looking around for somebody to take out uh, and, and run up a, a hit every shift. And if you start doing that on the top six, you're you know you're you're throwing everything out of whack.
1: Well, um, I, I, well, I mean. Yeah, but you wouldn't have to temper it much to make it work. And his no, electricity no. and skating helps any line.
0: Well, it's his skating for sure, you know, and the fact that he—I mean—he has shown himself to be an adept finisher. You I know, mean, not just here in Winnipeg, everywhere he's been, he's capable of putting goals in uh, in the net. Um, I, I think that that bottom six is going to end up being a real strength for the Penguins once they settle it out. I also think that's going to be where you're going to see. Uh, Jim Rutherford have the ability to make uh, a a trade or two at some point because I'm picturing Zach Aston Reese coming back right now and knocking on the door and nobody answers. Yeah, but I
1: I don't want to trade. I think I'm a big Jim guy, and I think his trades have mostly been on the mark. Of course, he makes a lot of them. I would like this team to have a chance to settle.
0: Well, that's fine. I'm talking about having way too many forwards because if you – if you, know, you have two extra guys, three extra guys that you're carrying, that's never a great situation, and you're better off looking for something that might be a better fit.
1: Well, one thing they don't have way too many of is left-sided mm. defensemen.
0: Funny how that works. Huh? With,
1: with Dumoulin, the <laughs> only one we know is healthy. Uh, let's say Pedersen and uh, Ricola, and, of course, we know Matheson's out. Let's say none of them can play on Friday against the Rangers. What do they do on defense?
0: Well... I mean, logic would tell you that Cody Ceci will play regardless of what what side he's on. Um, he and they say this about all defensemen, and it's only true to varying degrees. But he can play both sides. I'll I'll believe that when I see it because I'm not all that impressed with him on the right side as it is. Uh, I ha- I see no way that Pierre Olivier Joseph wouldn't make his NHL debut. Um, really, uh, that, that, really,
1: because I think Churchman's yeah. going to play if they play if they only play one and they keep. Ruedel on the left side and put CC back in. And by the way, a Ruedel C pairing would be the equivalent of of, of uh, Chernobyl.
0: I can't describe you know, how badly you just won't let up on Ruedel. No, and no, 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 no. no. I, I think Ruedel's played.
1: I think Ruedel's played very well. I just don't like him on the left side, even though he persevered yeah, in that spot I, last I night. I
0: might agree that they would that they would favor the journeyman like Churchman over 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 POJ, except that POJ was so good in camp and that Mike Sullivan publicly acknowledged it. There's always a point in camp when you ask Sully, you know, who are the guys who've stood out for you? A lot of coaches and and people in other sports won't answer that question. They'll just say, well, I liked everybody. Sully will single people out. And POJ was one of the guys that he underscored as being really, really impressive in camp. So I'd be kind of surprised if he wasn't involved, especially since he's right there on the taxi squad. Yeah, but he's 6'2", 163,
1: and that may be lying <laughs> by 10 pounds. Well, no, I mean, I know anybody. He's
0: surprisingly he, strong, though. He well, he's, 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 he's strong with Yeah, the but I know, you know how coaches and GMs about think Petters- about stuff like that, too. Pedersen's got the same build. And until until the cheap shot that he took last night from T.J. Oshie, you, nobody ever was worried about Pedersen's build. Uh, yeah,
1: but he was a lot more established, too. And he has better reach. I agree. <laughs> well, that, that certainly... You <laughs> know what you want me to say to that? That, certainly, really that certainly went, went <laughs> flat for a second. Uh, before we let you go, one quick stealer <laughs> thing. Uh, what's your yeah. take on the presumed appointment of Matt Canada? And what do you think is behind them delaying the announcement?
0: Because we know it's going to happen. Uh, uh, yeah, th- th- well, you do know it's going to happen. But at the same time, I-, I like the fact that they're making finally a priority of getting an offensive line coach instead of just walking down the hall and knocking on the door and saying, hey, you're next.
1: Yeah, but I, I thought uh, Sarrett the- got a bad deal. He's dealing with with, he- with scrubs and washed up guys.
0: He and, might have, Mark, but 32nd in the league in running is 32nd in the league in running, and, and somebody's got to pay the price yeah, for where'd,
1: where'd they Yeah, where'd they finish in rushing attempts?
0: Um, after the first four or five games, I'm sure it was really, really low. Well, well it,
1: it they worked. They, still, it, they ran the ball very well for the first six games, actually, which which leads me to believe it wasn't Sean Sarah's fault. And why would they appoint the O-line coach first? Shouldn't they appoint the well, coordinator because, and then he because, has input on the O line coach?
0: No, I, I don't think it's that. I think it's that the you want the offensive line coach in place because the, you have a better sense for the fact that the offensive line coach is going to be there for the long haul, as opposed to being the coordinator who might just be there to appease Ben. So I, I kind of get that. I, I understand that aspect of it. It does look awkward, but it, you know it, it's the right move. The so, so you don't do think need Canada's to there to appease Ben? To be which one? Canada? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Why would you not have a search for that? Why would you not have a search for that, Mark?
1: Because it's it, crazy. It, well, see, I, I would, and I hate to say this because I've been a Ben guy, I would persuade Ben to retire. I just see no good. So would I, and you know where I'd give the money? What's that? You know
0: where I'd give Ben's money? Bud Dupree. Keep an elite defense together.
1: Yeah, but is Bud Dupree still going to be a. I mean, even with an elite defense next year, they're not making the playoffs. Even with an elite defense and Ben.
0: Uh, I don't know an elite defense, in Ben just went eleven and zero. So
1: yeah, and then they fell, and then it fell apart, and was always on borrowed time. I think right, they need,
0: because
1: I, I know they don't want to out? rebuild ever, but hurt? they
0: need to. Who was hurt after eleven and zero? Bud Dupree. one yeah, think, and five without him. But I think
1: he's going to Atlanta no matter what.
0: We'll see. They
1: could franchise him. Would it be worth it? Oh, absolutely.
0: Really, absolutely. Oh yeah.
1: Well, they can't Absolutely. keep they can't keep Ben and him. No way.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I agree with you completely.
1: And, and, like I always do. All I ever do is agree with you. That's why we didn't talk about the Pirates. That's Dejan Kovacevic. I'm Mark Madden. It's not time to ask Mark anything. Four one two three 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 WXDX.